Thank you for joining us for live paranormal radio. From the paranormal to the unexplained, it all happens here. It all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in our live video chat 24-7 with our live paranormal radio show hosts and other like-minded people. Live. Paranormal.com, the only interactive social chat room supported by Full Interaction Media. Stop by now and join the fun. Stop by now and join the fun. It's Haunted Playground on the Live Paranormal Radio Network. I'm your host, Sheena Metal. I'm a psychic medium. I'm an interfaith minister. I'm a 27-year talk radio host here in Los Angeles, and many other things. You can find me at SheenaMetalSpiritual.com and everywhere on social media at SheenaMetal. The station's at LiveParanormal.com and all of our syndicated affiliates, iHeartRadio.com. So proud to be a part of the iHeartRadio network. Google Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Podomatic, Blog Talk Radio. The list goes on and on and on. There's even more that I didn't mention Um, It's so wonderful to be here with you on Haunted Playground every Wednesday at 5 o'clock Pacific time. And don't forget on Tuesdays at 5 o'clock Pacific time, I do my Raising the Vibration show. And a new show may be coming, a third show, because God knows I never have enough radio shows. Um, This show, every week, I gather people that I love, that I think of as bright, beautiful minds and hearts and souls. Um, in either the artistic or the paranormal or the spiritual communities or a combination, um, people that I believe have a beautiful essence that drives whatever they do. And, uh, and we talk about all things in the world from uh, what are you doing to make the world a better place to there's unlocked this monster in my above ground swimming pool. It all belongs right here on Haunted Playground. My guests this week have been guests on my shows in the past. They have never been here on Haunted Playground. They're probably having a, a, a what the friggity frig moment right now. Um, but it's so wonderful to have them here. Uh, they're good friends with each other. They do a podcast together that I'm going to be a guest on soon. And I love them both dearly. One is a relatively new friend in the last 10 years. One I've known since I was a wee tot of, I don't know, 14 or 15. Please welcome to the show the wonderful Darcy Monet and Kelly Goodman are here. Hey, buddies. How are you? It's so good to hear your voices. Hi. Hello. Thanks for having us. Hello. Did it start? You were like, where the hell am I? Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, those of you that know me know or don't know, right, that my spiritual self was something that I kind of always kept to myself and let it sort of fuel everything that I did. And then when my mama died, I decided to start wearing my underwear on the outside. And so now here we yes. are, and everybody knows. So, surprise and welcome. I love, um, I love it. So, Kelly, have, I was 14 when I met you, right? Yeah, I think, I always thought we were the same age, but you were younger than I was. And a year. I think I'm a I year younger than you. Change. I just turned 55. That just dated you. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm a year younger than you because I think that I wasn't yet driving, and you were when I met you. So um, mom was still driving me around, but we were both part of the, the South Coast Repertory Players. First, we studied at South Coast Repertory Youth Conservatory, right? And then we were in the Players. Yep. And I don't know about you, but that was like, when I found out that I made the Players, I mean, I thought I was like a huge rock star. I'm like, oh, my God, this is oh, it. I'm, no. a, I'm a star of the theater. 
No kidding, and especially in Orange County, which, um, yeah. Right, where there was but, no theater. You know. That was the only one. <laughs> <laughs> it was the only, only conservatory, and the only players you could be a part of was that. Right, and yeah. we were doing we improv to... before improv was cool. Exactly, right. We, we did um, – um, were you in the class with me? I don't know if you were in that class. Were you in the class with me where we had to slow dance with same-sex partners and, and speak the lyrics to the motels, only the lonely, like it was a Philip Glass show? I don't were you think in that, I was class? In that class? I don't think I was in that, that was class. A trip. But I'll tell you, I think I've done that in my life. Yeah. Not it in was a, class. It was a very – A very <laughs> – Just for, like, shits and giggles, you did it. I called that Just Wednesday, for fun. you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, Darcy, do you have a – because I, I always think of you as a singer. Did you start out on the stage as an actor? I mean, has that been a part of your life as well when you were young? Did we lose her? I can answer for Darcy. Hang on. Can you hear me now? Oh, she's here. <laughs> I can hear you now. Yeah, hi. Um, okay, sorry about you, that. Were you, a young, um, were you a young actor as well as singer? Absolutely. I was a total theater geek as a kid, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't really. Wasn't it great? It wasn't until I went to music school in college that I pretty much stopped acting for a while. Uh, but up until yeah. the last minute, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I was that weird person who was like the the one theater person that actually left the theater room at lunch. So other people in the school, like people always tell these stories of I hid in the theater room and I just felt so bullied. Um, I didn't really Mm -hmm. feel that. I felt like I liked high school. I liked that experience a lot. Um, I did too. I, I, yeah, I loved the whole thing. I have nothing but, I have nothing. I mean, there were moments of angst and, oh my God, I didn't get that role and I'm going to fade away out of misery. I mean, we all went through that when we were 16. But but for the most part, I'm so glad that my high school years were not horrible because I think that leaves a Mm -hmm. scar on you. Oh, sure. Oh, Kelly, yours were good, right? Kelly was always popular. You were always popular with people. I'm, funny because it's, it, I, I was popular um, because I feel like I like made myself be popular, not in the like, you know, like the prom queen way, but I just, I just insinuated myself into all the groups. I was friends with the jocks. I was friends with the, you know, of course the theater geeks and the gleeks and the choir kids, but I kind of, you know, I did, uh, I did uh, school politics, uh, you know, the politics. I did the school board. I was just in your face, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I was too. I was just loving it and just doing everything. And I, don't, and I think um, that's just naturally who I am. Like if I get involved in something, I will get really involved in it and do everything I can to help. And I have found in my life it's a spiritual lesson that I have learned that I really didn't learn until probably my late 40s, that sometimes people don't like that. Like, people get weird when you're just very friendly and you're very excited about everything and you want to be involved in everything. People get very, mm, I think, because I think most people 
are not working to reach their true spiritual potential and artistic potential and whatever their thing is in life. And I think they think if you are, then, well, great, now I've got to do it too. It's kind of like I always liken it to when, right. when one person in the group gets sober and then everybody else is like, great, yeah. now we've got to get sober too. And it's not that. I, right. I don't expect anybody to work themselves to death in the most wonderful way like I do. I just, uh, I like being involved in the everything. It's why I live in a major city. I like everything going on around me, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I understand or, what you're saying about that, for sure. I, I lost you. And it's so funny because, um, yeah, sometimes it's like, oh, you're so much. And it's just so, it's so funny. I was just telling, right before I came on, I had physical therapy. So if I sound like I'm hurting... I am. Um, oh, I'm sorry. But no, 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 no. I, I was. It was. It was a joke, but it doesn't fly if you can't see my face. Um, no, so, I. Uh, I get it. I. Yeah. I was just telling my physical therapist that um, I. I just, you know, it's it's like people just don't get. Like I had an ex who said, "You must be in denial of your life." because you're so happy all the time. But I'm like, you know what? You have to be. Because he said, you know, you're so cheerful. Even when it hurts you, you're so cheerful. And it's like, oh, come on. Especially right now. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Well, shouldn't you be? I mean, isn't that the lesson, though? I mean, Darcy, do you feel that way? That isn't that? And and those of us that are artists, right, that are always in service or work in the spiritual world or are, are healing professionals or whatever is a give back thing, right? We have mm-hmm. to just kind of keep smiling and the show must go on, even if we feel terribly emotionally, physically, spiritually. So I think after all mm-hmm. these years of doing it, we're just used to sucking it up. And, 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 you know, I have a friend who says when you give a healing, you get a healing. And I think that's true. The more you yes. can, can put your pain into cheering someone else up, it actually makes you feel better. Uh, Darcy, do you have that same, that same way oh, of healing yeah. yourself through healing others? Absolutely. Because, um, you know, I, I actually have struggled with, I don't want to use the word struggle. Let me rephrase that. I have had to manage depression since my teens. And mm. one of the best ways for me to get out of what I like to call my dark Darcy is to uh, put my focus on somebody else, to help somebody else. And it gets me out of my own head and it gets me out of my own dumps and my woe is me and self-serving nonsense. And then I, it always picks me up. It always makes me feel better and reminds me, okay, Helps me raise my vibration, as you know, and yep. then you can you right. know, yeah. move on and keep raising it. You got to have something that helps get you out of that thing to, to start moving back up again. So, yeah. Like Absolutely. Because yeah, what is the, the alternative? The alternative is you just, you just stay in the doldrums, and if you're miserable, then yeah. you can't help other people. You know, I mean, it's, yeah. there's no advantage to letting it get you. It, it is what it yeah. is. Um, do you know what I mean? My mom had horrible depression, and she would always say, like, oh, honey, I got it today, so, you know, let's go see mm. a movie and get some pizza. That <laughs> might be why I'm fat, but damn it, I'm happy. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So she, she would find yeah. things, right? <laughs> exactly. Please, yes. fat girl. 
she would find things to do that would cheer her up. And I got to benefit from them, like let's go to a museum or let's, let's go see a play or um, because, yeah. and I didn't even know when I was little that she had depression. I just knew that she was always thinking of fun things to do. I didn't know she was trying to pull herself out of the Irish doldrums. I just knew she was wow. looking for things to do. So, but, it, but it became an ingrained mechanism in me. So if I start to get depressed, I look for things mm-hmm. to not be depressed about. And you'll find them, right? Yeah. I always say, but the opposite, I tell my clients all the time, if you're looking for reasons for why your life sucks, you'll find them. We all will. Yep. But, but why so, focus well, that's on actually, that when you... Yeah. That's actually how I grew up, though. If something bad can happen, it will. And that right. I was raised in that. And so... It took a long time and a lot of work for me to change my thought process, and I still fall back into it. It's really easy for me to just, you know, climb up on my mountain of ashes and weep and cry like Job, you know what I mean? So I have to really oh, focus sure. on yeah. it and make it a practice to choose the, the choose joy and choose happiness, you know? I'm going I'm to buzz yeah. in here as one of Please. Darcy's uh, closest friends, it's not real easy, and Darcy has done the work. So I know this is a paranormal show, and I just want to tell you, oh, no. Darcy has done the work, and um, I am constantly in awe of her and how she's so cavalierly now saying I could pull myself up out of this, which is amazing, <laughs> and. Um, and I say this out of the utmost love, and I would love, because it's a paranormal show for Darcy, for you to talk about your team of spirits around you. Oh, yeah, let's talk about that. Yes, yes. That's very new. Thank you, Kel. But I also have to say, um, just since we're slathering some extra love around, I, like basically when I met Kelly, I was like, when I grow up, I want to be like Kelly. Like, I don't know right. a single person who doesn't love, and I don't mean just, yeah, I, I like Kelly. I like Kelly Goodman. She's all right. No, people adore her. And yeah. Yeah. it's because she's so good inside, so good inside. And so just know that you are an inspiration to me in that way, Kel, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, and let me say really quick before we get into Darcy's team. Um, <laughs> it's hard to have a heart as big as yours, right, Kelly? It's hard. It's, mm. it's in this world. It's hard to have a huge heart. You take your knock and also you take be. Your knock. Yeah. And to be an accessible yep. person, right? To open yourself up and leave yourself open because you know you have to do that to heal other people. It can be hard. Yeah. Yeah. He might not I, admit I, it. This, this first year, I learned how to ask for help. But that is a whole other show. But I, I really want Darcy to talk about her team because yeah, it's Darcy a paranormal team. Monster. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's an everything show. It's also a spiritual show, and asking for help is a very spiritual thing to do. But we're going to put Darcy on the spot for a minute. Yes. And it's hard. Great. Y'all, it's hard. Okay, Darcy. Well, I don't know what to say because, I mean, well, it's, oh, I, my team. No, it's good. <laughs> Darcy, no, 
So well, let me ask you this. Let me let me prompt you through, babe. How when did you okay. first know? When did you first start believing in something bigger than the three dimensions? And and how did it sort of come about that your team revealed themselves to you? Oh, well, interestingly, they, they really haven't. And that's the process I'm going through right now. I mean, I've always, I was raised in an evangelical Christian home. So believing in something greater than myself has always been in my DNA. Um, I've okay. run very far away from that since. <laughs> um, okay. I don't identify as, as Christian any longer. I, I identify as spiritual. And okay. very long story short, I've been to lots of psychics. And every single one I've ever been to is like, girl, you are so psychic. And I'm like, yeah, no, I don't think so. And I think it was because I, I keep, I kept the, uh, the, it's a sin, it's Satan, it's the demons. It's, you sure. know, I, I congested myself with that. So all that to say, I've just kind of, you know, accepted over the course of time that, okay, I've always had kind of a deep sixth sense, you know, that kind of thing. And recently, divinely, again, this is super short story, <laughs> um, a friend of mine who's also a singer-songwriter, I teach voice lessons for a living, and she and I have been friends for years, and she basically offered to, she's extraordinarily psychic, extraordinarily, and in our conversations offered, felt like she was being moved to offer me like a mentorship to help me bust through my spiritual congestion, let's say, to connect with my spiritual posse. And in return, I give her voice lessons because she's also a singer-songwriter. So we meet every week, and she's helping me. And I'm just at a point where I'm just really trying to drop my, uh, you know, let open the curtain and open – open my third eye and and start paying attention to, you know, trying to listen to them. And it's the funniest thing is she actually said my team, my posse, I call them my posse, woke her up in the middle of the night one night and said, we we just need 10 minutes of your time. You need to draw a diagram for Darcy. And so she gets out of bed because, of course, I have the most annoying posse in town. Of course I do. (laughs) (laughs) So... Because it's me, okay? So she draws me this, like, a map. And over in the top, let's say, right-hand corner, it says Malibu. And then over in some other far-distant corner, it says, like, Van Nuys, Panorama City, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, so your posse's in Malibu. And you're over here in Van Nuys and Panorama City. She's like, we got to help you move zip code to zip code to zip code until you get to Malibu, and then you will be able to hear them yourself. You won't need me anymore. So right. that's what Notice we're trying to do. Notice to everyone, there are no spirit guides that will live in Panorama City. Amen. Nope, they will not. If you take nothing from the <laughs> show just, tonight, and I just, take the spirit guides, say no to Panorama <laughs> City. If you want spirit guides, yep. you got to move. Yep. And I'm moving. I've moved a few zip codes, apparently, so I'm very excited about that. <laughs> Kelly? But, yeah. No, I was going to say, say and, no, I was going to say, and I'm sorry to put you on the spot, Darcy, but she's been helping me so much because um, I was recently in the hospital, and she said, my, and she calls it a posse, and she said, my posse is with you. 
and and she she gave me a, a couple things that I could do to help help me with my pot her posse to help me. So <laughs> this is not yeah, I, that's wonderful. This is this is not so like oh my gosh, Tina, you you caught us off guard. We are both pretty intuitive. My family mm-hmm. is Eastern European Jewish and we have all of the Kabbalah and all of the superstitions mm-hmm. and all of the things um, in my family. So this is not, you didn't catch us blindsided. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Well, but didn't, didn't you know if I, if I knew, if I didn't know that you wouldn't be here, but <laughs> right. I always I like to throw out so. the disclaimer. For people who are listening that are like, what happened to Sheena's life? Because, you know, it's not like I made a big announcement. It just kind of happened. I just, my mom died and she was like, okay, kid, now you do this. And I was like, okay, mom. Just like when I was five, I just keep saying yes to her. Um, And I love it. It's the best thing I ever did. But but I'm always surprised when I interview creatives, and can you hear my finger quotes whooshing through the air? Of course. One, no belief system. at all, no belief system, and to believe that everything that happens in the magic of a live play or an event or being in front of the camera is like all them. They don't believe it's a co-creation. It's like, and I always mm. say, well, you know how you're on stage and you're waiting for the curtain to go up and you think, how in the hell are we all going to do this? And you blink your eyes and it's done. How, yep. What happens there? Like, and you know, I've done shows with kidney stones and just having had horrible uh, gynecological surgeries and, um, and bronchitis. And how, how did that, how did that happen that when I was on stage, it all went away? It's because that's when spirit comes in, takes care of everybody during the creative project. And you literally walk off stage and go, Oh God, now I feel terrible again. But some people (laughs) don't get that. They don't get the magic of, you know, I love the idea that spirit guides me through everything, in, including my artistic work. I think it's beautiful, but I think it's very fearful of for some course. people. They're very fearful of the fact that there's something bigger than them. Right. I feel like, you know, anybody who's an artist or creative in some way is a natural-born healer. What we do with our particular art forms is there to let others know they're not alone in how they feel. And so I've always known that I was a healer in some aspects simply from writing songs and simply from using my voice on a stage and touching other people's hearts. And that's what art does is it touches yeah. hearts and then that raises vibrations, you know? And so, yeah, Absolutely. it's definitely a spiritual process, 100% spiritual process. So, Kelly, when you were growing up, in Irvine, in a nice Jewish family. Did anybody talk about any of that? I mean, did you know about your, your like, the Kabbalah relatives and the, the Eastern European relatives? Was it, like, something that was discussed? Was it whispered because it was Irvine? These are the things I want to know. <laughs> it was <Absolutely>. Irvine. <laughs> in my family, we were okay being the crazies. Because we were used to being the crazies, but um, I have to tell you, the the spiritual was always talked about in my family because my mother was 
and intuitive. My sister, I'll tell you, a, I'll tell you as short of a story as I can. Um, but we've always, we've always had this, and we've always known that this is something that's in our family. Um, my sister got into a, a horrible car accident when she had, I think she was 16, and she had gone out on a date with um, somebody who was 17, and he had a Jaguar or whatever. Anyway, I'm going to try and make this fast. Um <laughs> I was a little kid, and I was with my parents, and we were going to a restaurant. At the last minute, my mom said, no, I don't want to go to that restaurant. Let's go here to this restaurant. And we went to that restaurant. Anyway, my sister got into an almost fatal car accident, and she was rushed to a hospital. And when they asked her, um, how can we reach your parents, Um, she told them the second restaurant. And she said, oh, and wow. the nurse said, how do, you know they're, how do you know they're there? She said, I just know they're there because she could not get mm. medical treatment until in those days you could not get medical treatment without your parents. Anyway, so mm-hmm. I believe, mm-hmm. I believe um, in so many ways, but that's like the number one I remember as like a little kid. I think I was like six or seven that I believed. So, yeah, it's always been a part of our life that we have some woo-woo Kabbalah shit going on. I'm sorry, can I say stuff going on? Yeah, sure. Can you say Kabbalah? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, my, my mom, too, was a, a in-the-closet psychic medium, but we were the weirdos that had, you know, fairies and dragons all over the house. I remember once when I was in my early 20s, it was my dad's turn to throw the Super Bowl party, which was so funny because – my father, who had, you know, Isaac Asimov squarely up his ass, wouldn't have known football from ballet, but he had to throw the, so the, the boss's wife comes over and inspects the house. This is such an Orange County story, right? The boss's wife comes over and inspects the house and tells my mom she has to take all the fairies and the dragons down. And after an enormous fight between my parents, she agreed to do it and then looked at me and put her finger up and went once. That that bitch better never ask me again, because that was a you know that, that was a sacred cultural thing for us, right? And we basically got we got hate crimes, but um, yeah, that that we but I didn't know anybody who had that kind of stuff because now it's a little different here, and I say that having pretty much moved back the last couple of years, um, I say sort of different because every once in a while I do see that I'm losing people when I start to talk about stuff, but it's certainly much better than it was and um in a few months when my little front patch of lawn which is a little sad but all the lawn one gets in southern california is um covered <laughs> in a giant buddha statue that's surrounded by <laughs> tiny cactuses uh cacti we will know at that point that um uh we'll see if they ride me out on a rail or something scary happens but um oh my God. but an interesting story for me when when I became a pastor at the at MCC um, a little over three years ago, which you know was a place where people who got kicked mm-hmm. out of their churches for not fitting lifestyle wise went to MCC yep. and they formed a church. What my mama called the Y'all Come Church. Being there and around <laughs> those cool people has sort of recaptured my Christianity. And even though 
I consider mm. my I'm the interfaith pastor there, and I consider myself to be basically interfaith, but I think we're all basically interfaith. Um, I don't have trouble mm. identifying as a Christian now because I now identify Christianity with that experience and not with some of the experiences mm-hmm. that I had growing up in Orange County in the 80s as a kid. So right. um, yeah. sometimes, because now I just consider, um, I just follow the teachings of like a nice Jewish guy that just wanted to love everybody, and I mm-hmm. try to forget about all the fire and brimstone that comes along with it that really has nothing yeah. to do with God, nothing to do with Jesus, nothing to do with angels. It only has to do with it's, people. People telling exactly. other people what to believe. Sorry. Tina, it's so funny you say that because um, for many, many years I had a Catholic boyfriend, and I would go with him, and he would come to my house for, you know, Seder and um, go to bar mitzvahs and stuff with me. But I would go many uh, every year to Midnight Mass and Easter Mass, and, you know, and Darcy, I think Darcy and I have gone to Easter Mass together, and I feel like as long as you could not – the things like I sorry people if you're listening to paranormal radio this is going to bother you but I I substitute Jesus for God in my head and I listen to it and you know what this is what we should all be practicing you know what absolutely just if you don't if you could uh, substitute Allah substitute the goddess substitute the spaghetti monster whatever <laughs> but if you listen to if you listen to a service substitute what is in your heart and we all just want to be freaking better people what is that so hard right. to understand yeah I agree well, because 100%, some people think that go ahead sorry Go ahead. No, go ahead, honey. Finish. You go. Okay. I was just saying there are some people who think that their way is the only way, and that's the problem, is that they're so threatened by what they don't understand and what other people think. They think it's just – that's the problem, is that you've got people who are like, it's this way or no way. And until they – and I was very much that person in high school. I was like, well, this is the only way it is, and everything else is just, you know – evil and I just really had to friggin' learn that that's not how the world works you know so yeah I don't know absolutely. just gotta pray for those people <laughs> absolutely well and, and I think my mom always I'm listening Kelly uh-huh nope nope it's your show you go ahead oh no 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 you're the guest you go after you <laughs> I was gonna say and what you just said, Darcy, is 100%. I was going to say like 85% or whatever. That is 100% why people die in wars. Yeah. That they think their way is the right way. 100%. Whether it's religious, whether it's territorial, whatever. And isn't that yeah. sad? And yeah. Anyway. Okay, Sheena, my love, yes. go ahead. I agree. I agree. And I was going to say my mom my whole life, always considered herself to be what she called a teachings of Christ Christian. So she liked Mm. what Jesus had to say. She didn't like what people had done in Jesus's name. And um, she pointed out the similarities between Jesus and Buddha. Like she really believed that there was a Christ consciousness that came into different prophets at different times, or even people that weren't just different people, political figures, 
people that needed to do something for the world and this energy would come in at that time to move the world forward. So, yeah. um, I, especially, so when I got very angry and, you know, wouldn't say God, would only say the universe and, you know, all the ways we all got PTSD from growing up down here back then, um, <laughs> she would always say, but this, this is not about Jesus. These people, they talk about Jesus. I have a friend that has an expression. She talks about God, but there's nothing of God about her. And I think when right. you're talking about God and Jesus, but you're talking about all this hate. I mean, where, is, where yeah. in the Bible are you going to find Jesus spewing hate? Nowhere. So um, Nowhere. I think oh, that you yeah. have to learn to separate. And as an interfaith minister, that's very much the crux of, of my teachings is separating the message um, yeah. from the institution that grew around it. Because right. people have a way of changing things to make it what they want it to be, you know? Yep. Like I say, I don't have a problem with God. I have a problem with God's people. That's basically where I'm at right, right now. You know, and it's like, and the right. reason no, I don't I get it. to say, yeah, the reason I, want to, I don't want to say I'm a Christian is because I want nothing to do with the people right now who call themselves Christians, the majority of them, or at least the loud ones, you know? So I just, you know, let them have their thing and I just do my own thing and just try to try to love people as best I can, you know. But I get it. Sometimes it's hard not to be tainted by it. Kelly? Yeah. I was going to say, right before I came on this meeting, I was in, uh, I mean, in, right before I came on the radio, I was in um, this meeting. Um, I work for uh, – a, a university in Los Angeles that's not the one downtown L.A. Um, <laughs> it's the one in Westwood. Oh, in a meeting with um, a woman who's the director of AAP, which um, helps, like, first-gen students get into college and helps, you know, under underserved communities, children get into college. And we were talking about just how being kind to others right now has to be has to be a political movement. It has to mm. be politicized. Just being kind, doing something. We have to be like aggressively kind right now because people are effed up. And mm. it was such an amazing meeting. Um, and she was talking about how her students are just like so shut down and when you show them just a little bit of kindness, they react tenfold. And I feel like that is, is such the – it should be the norm right now. Because I don't think we're going to come back from this whole – you know, as a country, we're damaged. As a world, we're damaged. And the only way we're going to yeah. come back from that is to be aggressively kind. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I don't think we ever even, and I talked about this on the radio for years, I don't think we ever even recovered from 9-11. I don't think the country oh. dealt with the PTSD that happens with being right. invaded. And I think mm-hmm. now we've, and then, you know, I don't think we're recovered from all of the political craziness of 2016. And now on top of it, okay. all the, the everybody hating each other and, yelling at each other, you know, and now on top of that, now we have 
uh, COVID. So it's just like yeah. trauma on top of trauma on top of trauma that we're not dealing yeah. with. Right. Yeah, and, and that's Darcy the thing. We don't have the tools. Yeah. I'm sorry? Right. Darcy? No, I just said we, we don't have the tools as a society. You know, it's like if you want to figure out how to fix your own self, that's up to you. But, like, it's not widely spread knowledge how to help deal with these, you know, levels of trauma. Because some people are like, oh, that's nonsense. I don't think that, I don't, you know, psychology is silly. You know, so you've got people who dismiss it. And then it's just not ready, ready, ready knowledge in our schools. We don't teach kids how to care for them, their mental health, you know? So yes, you're right. We're just, we're toddlers in this. We're toddlers as a society and how to deal with all. Well, yes. And also culturally, there are cultures that it's so weak to seek help. Again, I hate, I, I hate, I hate to keep going back to my work day, but today was an amazing work day with eyes opened. I had this meeting with a student who uh, she's Asian and she said, um, we're struggling and my peers don't want to ask for help because our families think that's a weakness. And I'm not, I'm not mm-hmm. just picking out the Asian community. This just happened to be the student I was working with, but how many cultures are like, Oh, you don't need to seek out your uh, the university psychologist. That's weak. And yeah. man, that's gonna that's so to the detriment of this society. Yeah, agreed on that. Yeah, I agree too. And that's a lot of first gen culture, right? Because those people fought so hard to get here, and they yeah. don't want you to show your weakness. And I understand yeah. that. I mean, I think. Um, that still carries on into my Irish culture. I think my mom, from growing up so dirt poor during the Depression and mm-hmm. her mother dying so young and being in an orphanage, I mean, it was like you kept your stuff very close. She kept her stuff very close to the vest. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons yeah. I don't. I mean, I still do in my private life. Like if I'm hurting, I'm the last one that I'll, I won't tell anybody anything. I'm like a cat. I'll, I'll crawl off in the woods and die before I'll tell someone I'm hurting. But um, yeah. but I but I think I one of the reasons that I live so out loud, right? I think one of the reasons I live so out loud is because I saw with her um, that fear, right? That if you show if you show how upset you are about something, that people are going to think of you as weak, and how there was there's no time yeah. to be weak when you're struggling to survive. And I think that's true yeah. for a lot of first-gen people and also for a lot of oppressed people. I think if you grow up in a, in a culture that has been oppressed, and certainly that is the Irish culture, and, and you know, back in Ireland and then here, um, it just trickles mm-hmm. down from generation to generation, and you have to learn to break that cycle. Right. Yeah. And, and learn to ask for help, you know. Mm. But, yeah, that's a, that's oh, a hard God. thing with the weakness. Yeah, it's so hard. like that movie, the movie Precious is a perfect example of that cycle, you know, generation after generation after generation of people not realizing they can do better for themselves because that's just the way it's always been, you know, in right. African-American culture in this country, for sure. And then this girl, somewhere within her, has a little light 
that switches on and she's like, I can get out of this. And that's an amazing concept mm-hmm. for me to think about too, is how she's the generational changer. You know, she's the one that, that is going to break the cycle for, for her family, you know, and going forward. And it's just, I'm always impressed by people who do that, who come from just nothing or come from severe abuse. And there's something inside them that is inexplicable that keeps them going forward, you know, instead of wallowing yes. in it. And, yes. Yeah. People you sometimes will like excuse someone's bad behavior with they had a bad childhood. Mm-hmm. And I always say, look, my mom had probably the worst childhood you can imagine. But she didn't use mm-hmm. it as an excuse to bully other people. And I think right. that right. at some point you have to say, is this who I want to be? Do I want to be a person who um, becomes the accumulation of my isms? Or do I want to mm-hmm. be a person who gets better, right? That you either get bitter or you get better, right? And you make the decision. Yep. Yep. For how you go. Absolutely. And all that stuff yeah. waits for you. If you don't deal with all of it and fix all of it, it doesn't go away. Mm-hmm. It just waits for you. Absolutely. Oh, um, yeah. It's I think like for a, me, I got a bad sick of myself. infection. Yeah. yeah. I get that. Yeah. You got explain that um, a little bit, Darcy. When you say you got sick of yourself, what that means? Oh, um, there's. Well, I can tell you this. I am never more comfortable than when I'm miserable. I do love my misery. Oh. However. Okay. <laughs> Um, I also would get sick of it. I finally got sick of being comfortable in my misery because I got tired of being angry all the time or being sad all the time or it's exhausting. It is exhausting to just, you know, let those emotions be what's oozing out of you all the time. And I think I just was like, and coming from a family where misery loved company, um, except mm. for my dad. My dad is eternally cheerful. But, you know, the, my mom's side of the family, not happy folks. And so I just was like, I need to stop the trajectory I'm on, which is to be miserable and regretting my whole life and wishing I had done this and wishing I had done that and and blah, 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 which is where, you know, some of my family members ended up, you know. And I'm like, I don't want to be that. So I just, I was like, I've got to get figure this out, you know. So yeah, I yeah, it's a no, rock I, bottom. I understand. Yeah. yeah, and that's that was really, and you really crawled back from that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I said it, I said it thirty minutes ago, but um, Darcy has done the work, and I'm so, I'm just in awe, and. <laughs> So, yes, and it, I don't want to make it sound like, oh, my gosh, she was the worst person ever, because that is not true, but I'm just saying. No, I, I was bad. <laughs> I was terrible. Uh, I'll say it. <laughs> oh, yeah? Do you think I you was were? horrible. Yeah. Okay. I was, yeah, I was mean. <laughs> I mean, the oh, thing okay. Is, okay. Was I was just before you. I was, I'm sorry, go ahead. Was this before you knew Kelly, or were you, like, mean when you knew Kelly? Um, I'll step in. Okay, I'll, I'll tell you. Go ahead. Time I met yeah, Kelly. Kelly's going to tell us. Kelly's going to spill the tea now, Darcy. 
tears. That's all right. We've done this on I know this podcast, story. So it's nothing new. So yeah. I first okay, met good. Dorothy at, um, at, my, uh, at her little sister um, Mandy's Thanksgiving. And yeah. um, that's how we met. Uh, and so I mistakenly said, because it's Darcy Monet, and it's easy after a glass of wine or two to think, oh, it's Marcy Donay in my head. So I said something, I said, Marcy, will you pass the pepper or something? I don't know. And she turned Uh-oh. to me and she said, my name is Darcy. And don't forget Darcy. And I was like, oh, oh. oh, oh, oh okay. Like a club baby feel. Um, well, here's but, the thing, though. I tell her this, too. Here's the other part of the story. I have no recollection of biting her head off. <laughs> I remember that moment. But I think she, I feel like you had been calling me Marcy for a hot minute. And I think I just kind of <laughs> was like, this is hilarious. I got to let her off the hook. Trying to let her off the hook. So I don't remember being mean, but I also know that uh, people have uh, misunderstood my intention often back then, so I must have been okay. nippier than I thought. I have been calling her Marcy all night, so that that <laughs> could be. Um, but, yeah, I just remember that, and I was like, oh, okay, but, oh, my gosh, thank God that that was, I don't know, 15 years, a long time ago, and now we're, 18, we're 19, yeah. from another mister, and uh, we spend all our time together, so yay. Yeah. <laughs> we're practically married that, at this point. And you finally point. got the name right. Right, and that's important you yeah. got the name right. I know people that have known me for 20 years are still calling me Sheila and Gina and oh, Shana. Yeah. And it's like, wow, you can only correct so many times, then you just give in. Yeah. You just think you're going to call the, me whatever uh, you're going to call me, and that's totally fine. <laughs> you know what, though? I don't. I just have to say this really quick. My thing is I am really big on a person's name because that's your name, and it's right. I yours. am sure. Yes. You know, so I'm like, when I especially get mad, and Kelly and I have discussed this, I think, I'm pretty sure this is on our podcast too, that where I'm like, if I send you an email and my name is in the signature spelled out and you respond back with, by misspelling my name, that yep. to me is so disrespectful. <laughs> like, it's in front of your face. <laughs> How could you get this wrong? Yeah. I just really think about that, but. Maybe just maybe. Maybe um, yeah. too much. No, no, we've talked about this. I remember, I think we've done this on a podcast for sure because, so I'm Kelly, K-E-L-L-Y, and my own freaking grandmother used to send me birthday cards, K-E-L-L-E-Y. And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I get yeah. it. I get it. Yeah. I understand most people yeah. spell Darcy with a Y, but if it's right in front of you, Take a second, one split second, to make sure you you spell it right before you hit send, you know. And don't give right. me the autocorrect right. excuse. Check first. Well, you, <laughs> you, know? you know, having had two names my whole life, three names, because mm-hmm. I changed my last name when I was 18. I took my mother's maiden name, and then, then mm-hmm. Sheena Metal showed up, and it was all over after that. 
Um, <laughs> it's, I guess I've just become more fluid about it. Like I'm okay about it. Cause yeah. like sometimes I'll say to somebody, look, if we're going to be friends, you should know this is my real name. This is what my friends call me. And they're like, Oh, okay, Sheena. I'm like, wait a minute. I just let you into my inner circle by telling you to call me by my private name that only my friends call me. Yeah. And you just did that where people go, Oh, I like wow. Sheena better. Cause you know, everybody knows Sheena. Well, here's a little secret. Sheena doesn't exist. It's not my name. So if you're my friend, that's weird. Yeah. And I've learned in my life to yeah. eliminate people from my life who do that because to me mm-hmm. it's, 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 a, it's a sign of a personality problem. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I, you don't really want to know me. You. you want to know somebody who has mm-hmm. a name you think other people know. That's weird to me. Yeah. You can still tell people you know me and use the Sheena name. But if you can't ever use my name because you think that's not the famous one or whatever, I'm making finger mm. quotes again because I'm not that famous, but isn't that a strange thing? But when I was young, yeah. I was just like, oh, okay, I get it. And now I'm like, no, you got to go. Something's wrong with you. Wow. It's so funny you say that because we have, the, all of us, of the three of us have a mutual friend that um, we all went to the their uh the party for their um, show that our friend Christopher Gregson directed. And, oh, right. Um, yeah, sure. Chris directed me on an right. episode of that show. I loved him. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, we could say his name, Tony Spetafora. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I remember when uh, Tony asked me, he's like, you know Sheena? And I'm like, well, I know. Yes, I know right. her. And he didn't even know that the name. other name. <laughs> like, oh, oh yeah, which is which is funny because I think now he yeah yeah and and you know so, when I've been to Tony and Michael's house I've spent Thanksgiving with them. Um, so but sometimes now, people forget. I, I, don't... I said, oh yeah, I know, I know Sheena, I know Sheena when she was, you know. Right. The other name. And anyway, so it's very funny. And I'm sitting that. here going, I don't know what the other name is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's okay. You know, it, it used to be a secret, but now people, like, stalk my Wikipedia and stuff. So now it's not anymore. Uh-huh. Um, now people uh-huh. come to me and say, I know your real name. And I'm like, okay. I mean, even, like, people come to me and say, I know where you live because I looked it up. And I'm like, um, okay, oh, I maybe need to get, I don't know, a, a baseball bat under my bed. or, um, really? Yeah, so it's it, the idea that it was going to remain secret. But I love it because I can come down here mm-hmm. to Orange County where there is still a cultural void, and um, I can do my <laughs> real-life stuff with my real-life name, and nobody knows yeah. me and nobody cares, and I can wear my schlumpy jammy clothes to go run errands. And I just don't have to worry about anything. And it's actually kind of nice. And it's nice to have a name that's very sacred that's just mine. It it really kind of drove my mother crazy because she loved (laughs) me and that was her name that I took, her last name. And she kind of wanted everybody to know that name. But she got used to it and it became Mm. funny and we joked about it. But um, I like the separation because I've always liked having a private life. I'm never one of those people that like... I remember once I was in a bookstore. I just moved up to L.A., and I was in a bookstore on the corner of Laurel Canyon and Ventura. Mm-hmm. And 
I walk around the corner and there's this, you know, well-known for the time comic in the bookstore. And he's like walking by people and clearing his throat and looking at them. And I'm like, oh, you're hoping people will recognize you. Isn't, Isn't that sad? And it just, every time I see him now, all I can think about is that and how sad that was. I never wanted to be that person who was like, don't you know me? Don't you know me? I just wanted to have a minute to myself to just not have to put on makeup. You know what I mean? Right. And be down here and just be me. And um, it, it confuses people sometimes. They're like, well, how do I introduce you? And I'm like, I always say, you introduce me as Sheena. If we're in a public situation... You introduce me as Sheena. Mm-hmm. If we're in a situation yeah. where these are people I'm going to wind up being friends of, that are friends of yours, then you can use the real name. But you use introduce mm-hmm. me as yeah. Sheena. It's fine. It's more a trip to other people than it is to me. I honestly don't care. But people always say, like, mm-hmm. do you think of yourself as Sheena in your head? And I'm like, no, never. As a matter of fact, sometimes oh, wow. I'll refer to Sheena in the third person. I'll say, oh, no, that's, that's <laughs> Sheena Metal's gig, not mine. But I do think it's funny when people – you know what I mean? No, no, no. You're confusing yeah. me with Sheena Metal. That's not me. I would never have a website <laughs> and put pictures of myself on social media. That's for work. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's actually wow, kind of yeah. nice. I sort of recommend it now for anybody who's in the arts. I think it's kind of an amazing thing once you get used hmm. to it. But, you know, I didn't, I didn't ask for it. It's just I did this show, and I played Sheena, and my real name was on the show in the credits. And everybody just kept calling me Sheena and wanting Sheena and wanting me to show up and be Sheena. And honest to God, I was a character actress when there weren't young character actresses back in the 90s. And it was just a way uh-huh. to work. Wow. So, oh, my God. Everything it's happens so for a reason, right? Yeah. That's interesting. Do you, do you remember um, how we first got back in connection? You came into my bookstore that I was managing. Yes. The West Side yes, Pavilion. Yes, in the West Hill, West West Side Pavilion. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just kept running into each oh other, right? God. Some people you're just not meant to be away from. We just keep running into each other. Oh my gosh! Mm. And I was like, "You haven't changed," and you're like, "You haven't changed," and you're like, "Here's what I go by," and this is my. I think you had a business card, and you're like, "This is my radio yeah. show." Come, you know. Oh my gosh! I will never forget that day. Isn't that great, though? I mean, I think about other people from the past when you didn't have social media and you couldn't stay in touch with them. And I think sometimes, where are these Mm. people and how do I get in touch with them? And on that note, we're totally out of time. Where can people find you online? Okay, so if you want to find our podcast, um, it's And Another Thing with Darcy and Kelly. Darcy with an I. Kelly with not an extra E. And you can find it <laughs> anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. Um, if you Google me, Darcy with an I, Monet, like the artist, you can stalk me everywhere, pretty much. Awesome. <laughs> Kelly, where can people stalk you? <laughs> yes. Um, Kelly Comedy on Facebook and um, Kellology on pretty much every other platform. And... Um, if you haven't watched already, Darcy has an amazing uh, TikTok, The Grumpy Vocal Coach, which is amazing. It, it's so under my name. It's brand new. It's under my name, too. So just FYI. Yeah, so I talk about singing there. 
but yes, um, please um, give us a listen. And Sheena, thank you so much for having us on. And I want at one point I love you guys. When you come on our podcast, I want you to give us reading. Will. That would be wait. so fun. Yeah, let's do it. Whenever you want, I would yes. love that. And I hope to see you soon. And let's do this again soon. The wonderful Darcy Monet, Kelly Goodman. <clears throat> you missed those links. SheenaMetalSpiritual.com. Find me on social media at Sheena Metal. Until I see you next time, seek peace, live in love, lead with kindness, embrace unity, always raise your vibration, and know that you are loved and you are loved. I'll see you next time. Thanks for what listening. And uh, we're right here on LiveParanormal.com, iHeartRadio.com. It's Haunted Playground. I'll see you next Wednesday at 5 o'clock Pacific time.